Welcome to the Divorced Woman's Guide, the podcast that empowers you to embrace your divorce as a catalyst for awakening and transformation. Are you ready to embark on a remarkable journey of self-discovery and growth? Well, join me as we navigate the path towards embodying your true self after divorce. It's time to let go of your past, reclaim your power, and step into a life that is brimming with purpose, authenticity, and unwavering faith. Get ready to rise above the challenges, embrace the opportunities, and awaken the extraordinary potential that lies within you. I'm your host, Wendy Sterling, and together we're going to uncover the profound gift and beauty as well as the infinite possibilities that come with embracing your divorce as an awakening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. How are you guys doing today? Have you guys joined my Facebook group yet? If not, you're going to want to get in there for lots of incredible content, inspiration, and most importantly, community. So go into Facebook and search the Divorce Rehab and request to join today. So thank you guys for tuning into today's episode because I am here with Nicole Khalil. Hello, Nicole. How are you? Hi, Wendy. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so, so excited to have you here today because you guys, we are talking about the C word that so many of us struggle with during, actually before, during and after divorce. And that is the role of confidence and how that word and how our confidence is shaken and how it is that we get to rebuild it through our divorce process. And Nicole is an expert in that, and she's here today to chat with us. So before we dive in, let me share a little bit more with you guys about Nicole. So Nicole's passion for eliminating gender expectations and redefining women's work is both what keeps her up at night and what gets her up in the morning. Well, plus an abundant amount of coffee, which cheers to you. I could not agree more. (laughs) (laughs) She is an in-demand speaker, a leadership strategist, a very respected coach, and she is also the host of This Is Woman's Work, the podcast. Her stalker-like obsession with confidence sets her apart from the constant stream of experts telling us to, quote-unquote, be confident. She actually tells you how to build it and gives actionable tools, not just stories, to become confident. She has coached hundreds of women in business, which has given her insight as to what structurally, systematically, and socially is and isn't serving women and leaders within an organization. She also maintains some semblance of sanity in her roles of wife, mother, and business owner successfully. But as we all know, sometimes that can be a challenge, but whatever free time she does have, she really loves reading and she's a fellow wine enthusiast as I am and cheese. Oh my God. I could live on wine, cheese, and bread for the rest of my life. She's also a cheese enthusiast. Wouldn't that be the dream? (laughs) Oh my God. That's another podcast episode. (laughs) Um, She's also a hotel snob, which I have to admit I am as well. And a reluctant Peloton writer. So Nicole, thank you so much for being here. I would love for you to share a little bit more detail about your journey and what is it that continues to motivate you to do this work? 
Yeah. So I think what initially motivated me to do this work was pain. Um, And I know that's kind of a surprising answer, but I reached a point in my life where everything looked good from the outside looking in, but everything felt like a complete mess, a fraud, and, and, and just really had no idea what I wanted. I was, I was living and working for everyone else but myself. And so, you know, there was this moment where I, I got this huge promotion at a Fortune 100 financial services company. I was the first woman in 160 years to be in this role. You know, I looked the part of the successful independent woman on the rise with my who needs a man attitude, right? And, and it, it just looked the part, but on the inside, it was, it was not at all that. I, I realized I not only didn't know what confidence was, but I knew I didn't have any of it. And so it became a personal journey to learn, discover, uncover everything I could about what confidence is, what it isn't, how you actually build it. And then um, as many of us do, when we figure out something that works for us, I wanted to share it and, and, and bring the message specifically to women, because I think most of us through the bulk of our life have gotten mixed and false messages about confidence. And it's really hard to be something when you're confused about what it is. So right, and that's also, what brings me here today. <laughs> yeah. And I also think so many of us seek it externally instead of, you know, we'll get into that, but so many of us seek it externally, especially those of us who are going through divorce. I mean, we tend to be people pleasers and we seek that external validation. So I'm really excited to talk with you more about this and your knowledge. So you have a phrase that's called the confidence con. So can you share with us a little bit more about what that is? Yeah. Well, Wendy, you actually hit the nail on the head already. The confidence con is this notion that we've all sort of bought into that confidence is going to come to us from some external source. Something or someone out there is walking around with your confidence and it's some weird game of like, where's Waldo? Or we're supposed to go out and find it and like convince them to give it to us, right? Right. Um, And and I call this the the confidence con, right? But I, 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 I call it a false equation. And what it looks like, this false equation so many of us have bought into, that's the basis of the confidence con, is if X happens, then I'll feel confident. And you can fill in X with anything, really. You could say, you know, if I meet and marry the man of my dreams, or if, you know, I can convince this person to be fully committed to me, or Mm -hmm. if I get the job or the promotion or a certain number on the scale or fit into a certain size or have the perfectly, you know, well-kept house or the perfectly behaved children, or you can fill in the blank. This thing that we're all sort of operating out of is if X happens, then I'll feel confident. And the problem is that equation will never work. You can get X, whatever X is, let's say it's compliments or validation or a certain amount of followers on social media or whatever the case might be. What happens when you get X is you feel temporarily satisfied, happy, confident, but then the feeling goes away and you need more of X to again, get that feeling back. And and ultimately what happens is we become addicted to X. And that is obviously not confidence if you think about it logically. Um, So the way we build confidence is internal. Our confidence is always and only will ever be something that lives inside of us. And so I often say the question isn't whether or not you're confident, 
It's whether or not you're connected to your confidence, because I believe it's there living inside of all of us. Some of us are more connected than others and at certain times in our lives than others, but it's always there and it's always an opportunity to connect to it. Yeah. And I think that even as women, we tend to rely on our confidence coming from the outside more so, which is why it tends to be lower than men. So can you talk a little bit about that fact and also how it is that we, we allow that to play out across all areas of our life? Yeah. Yeah. So this is a systemic thing. Um, research shows that small girls and small boys have about the same level of confidence until somewhere between age seven and nine. And then we start seeing a little bit of a disparity and then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So most women are, you know, entering their teenage years, entering the workforce, entering relationships with less confidence than their male counterparts. Now, this actually comes back together in our 50s. Around you know, in our 50s, we see women and men having about the same level of confidence. And then in our 60s, there begins to be a little bit of disparity again where women have more confidence. So it's really an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. And this may not resonate with every person or, or every woman or everyone listening today, but generally speaking, we are as women entering into these really formative years, these really big transition years, these really big decision years with less confidence than our male counterparts. Why that is, is, is very complex. You know, if you think about what we generally speaking, uh, want little girls to do and to be, you know, we want them to be well-behaved. We want them to be careful. We want them to be cute and sweet and all of these things. Whereas, you know, boys typically get different set of expectations. There's a lot of research to back this up. It's not just parents, it's teachers, it's family members, it's other kids, you know, we're all getting this, right? Yeah, exactly. And then it just builds from there, whether it's exes, bosses, you know, bullies, well-intentioned family and friends, a lot of people are contributing to these beliefs of what we should and shouldn't be as women based on the packages that we come in. And and ultimately, one of many of the things that's problematic is it um, allow, it doesn't allow us to have full access to our authenticity and to the full range of all of our emotions. And, And women more so than men are being taught in so many ways that our value is in, um, how other people see or perceive us. Uh, and we tend to have people pleasing tendencies. We tend to not want to say no more. We, you know, there's all these things again, really complex and are interconnected, but ultimately all of these things are serving to chip away at damage and destroy our confidence because confidence first and foremost is when you trust yourself, that's what confidence is. And so when we do something that, that isn't, authentic, we're breaking a little bit of trust in ourselves. If we don't feel an authentic feeling, we're breaking a little bit of trust in ourselves. If we do something we don't want to do to please another, we're breaking a little bit of trust in ourselves. And so it just gets layered on. It's sort of this death by a thousand paper paper cuts uh, approach. And some of us have really big examples of something that damaged or destroyed our confidence. But for a lot of us, it's just these little things being added on top of each other. It's no wonder um, we are where we are 
uh, as it relates to trusting ourselves. Yeah. And so what would you say, like, what is the, maybe there's more than one, but like, what is contributing the most damage to our ability to create and build our own confidence? Yeah, I, I think, again, it's back to these mixed messages that we think confidence is something outside of us. A, a really common one is the way we look, right? Um, we are getting messages from advertising. Again, no mistake, everybody knows they, that people want to feel confident. So when they're trying to sell something, they'll say, you know, these pair of shoes or this purse or this face product, it's going to make you more confident. And so we sort of buy into that. And then we might use these products or buy these things. And again, we'll temporarily feel attractive or we'll feel successful or we'll feel desirable or we'll feel proud or whatever the case is, happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it sort of reinforces this false message that it made us feel confident. And then we, and, and again, there may not be anything wrong with feeling attractive, successful, happy or whatever, but if let's call it what it is. If I, we talked about this at the beginning of the time, if I lose weight, that may make me feel more attractive. That may make me feel healthier. That may make me feel happier. There's nothing wrong with any of those things, but it's not necessarily going to make me feel confident. It depends a little bit in the way in which I do it, right? If I do it by following through on the commitments I made to myself, if I do it by prioritizing my health, if I do it by creating boundaries and things like that, then it might build your confidence. But, you know, we know people who, um, you know, might get it sucked out of them or, and again, nothing wrong with it, um, or might do it by extreme weight loss measures. And that's not going to build their confidence at all. No. So, so what I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say a long-winded way of saying, I think, you know, it's, we've been fed a line of crap, but what's problematic is a lot of us have bought into the crap because it's so, you know, in our face all the time. And and so the thing I want to do is separate all of that from confidence and really redefine what confidence is and then focus on how to build it. Thank you for joining us on this transformative journey today. I hope that the Divorce Women's Guide podcast is providing you with valuable insights, empowering advice, and the inspiration to embrace your divorce as a catalyst for personal growth. Remember, you're not alone on this path. Together, we can navigate the challenges, celebrate the victories, and support one another as we awaken our true selves after divorce. Stay connected with me for future episodes where we'll continue to explore the profound journey of self-discovery and share practical tools to help you thrive in your post-divorce life. If you found today's episode helpful, I would love for you to leave me a five-star review and share the podcast with others who may benefit from this empowering journey. Thank you so much for being a part of the Divorce Women's Guide community. I look forward to being your your guide. I look forward to being your guide on this incredible voyage of personal transformation. Until next time, remember to embrace your true self, prioritize your well-being, and believe in the incredible possibilities that lie ahead. Yeah, and it's like, you know, what what I'm envisioning and and what I know, you know, I was experiencing is that 
you you hear all these voices not within you and externally right that just it's it's flood it floods you and it it gets so hard to distinguish between like what is the truth what is me you know and I, the way kind of how I talk about this too, is that like, how do you figure out like what is real, right? What are, what should you be listening to? Um, I'm interested to hear your perspective on that because to me, it's really about figuring out like what the facts are um, instead of the story. So can you talk a little bit about that? Okay. Yeah. So, so two things, number one, we all have a lot of voices in our minds and I think it's important that we distinguish between them. So one voice, I always think of like a running to-do list, right? Like I need to go to USPS, I need to go to the grocery store and I need to get, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we, we have that voice. It's more logistical and tactical in nature. We have another voice that I call head trash. This is the voice that says things to ourselves about ourselves that are never kind and very rarely true. Like you're not good enough or, you know, why are you so this or why are you not enough that or all all the crap that we say to ourselves that we would never say to another person that we love. So that's head trash. Then we have, and there's other voices, but then we also have this inner knowing. It's a typically more quiet, you know, not as in our head voice, but it's the voice that knows who we are, that knows we have purpose, that knows we have value and worth. And it, may tell us things we don't want to hear. It may challenge us, but it will always do it from a loving and kind place. But this Mm -hmm. is the voice that knows that you know everything you need to know. Um, And and so that voice is there too. I think if we are to build trust within ourselves, we need to quiet the head trash and turn up the volume of inner knowing and and pay more attention and listen and trust um, that voice. So that's one part of it. The second part that you said that I think is is really important is um, understanding that it is a story. Um, I have an exercise that I go through, whether I'm feeling, you know, fear or doubt, or I've made a mistake or head trash is kicking up, whatever, whatever it is, this exercise really helps me to tell myself a different story. So it's four parts. The first question I ask myself is what are the facts and only the facts, right? So uh, the facts are, uh, I wrote a book, it released on October 14th or 4th, sorry. Uh, It um, sold 3,200 copies in the first two weeks and uh, it has 50 reviews on Amazon. Those are the facts. Now, this is harder than a lot of people because we interact with the stuff we make up as if it's facts. So you have to really be careful. Just the facts, only the facts, right? Yes. The second thing you say is what am I making up about the facts? Mm. I'm making up that it was a really hard and painful process. Nothing went according to plan. I wasn't even sure that the book was going to release on the fourth. I thought I might have more reviews. I thought I'd have, you know, blah, 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 right? What am I making up about the facts? Right. Then the third question you ask yourself, is there a different, more productive, more empowered way to see it? Mm -hmm. So it reminds me that the way that I'm seeing it is 
you know, a choice that I'm making unconscious for sure, but it's a choice that I'm making. So then I can therefore choose to make up a different set of facts or a different set of, of, of beliefs. So uh, I sold 3,200 copies in the first two weeks. The average book sells 250 in a year. That's a huge success. I was an Amazon bestseller. Um, even in the face of all these really challenging things, things went great and I'm super proud of it. And people flew across the country to celebrate with me. And, you know, which of those is, is more factual? Neither. I'm making up both, right? But right. one set of fa- one set of interpretations supports me, empowers me, is more productive than the other. So then the fourth question I ask myself is where do I go from here? What's next? Because action builds confidence. So important that we get into action. So the thing might be, well, what's next is I'm going to reach out to the people who did write a review and thank them and share my appreciation and practice some gratitude. The whatever, you know, you get Mm -hmm. the idea. So just to recap, what are the facts? What am I making up about the facts? Is there a different, more productive and or empowered way to see it? And then how do I get into action from here? What's next? Yeah, because action, you said it, action builds confidence. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that these questions are a good way to really start building that muscle back. Um, if you look at what's next, right? What, after answering these questions, you know, people are probably going, okay, I have my answers. Now what? Yeah. Well, so I think it's action. And and I think a lot of times um, people, when they think about action, they think about the whole staircase and I'm talking about the next step. Right. Right. So break it down. You know, what's next can be just one foot in front of the other one small step. Um, You know, I remember a a woman telling me she really wanted to get healthier and prioritize her health. and, And it was so overwhelming and daunting and all these things. And what do I do? And ultimately the what's next was she needed to drink more water. That was the one what's next. And so what was next is she bought a water bottle she loved that was a certain amount of ounces and she committed to doing three of those a day and she set an alarm. I mean, we have a tendency to take everything and make it so big and so overwhelming and it can feel that way. So what's next can be the smallest step or the smallest risk um, little risks built up over time lead to big confidence, but it's important that we're in action because thinking, hoping, wishing, or fingers and toes crossing your way into it will not build confidence. No. And I, I mean, no, it won't. And we're also all human beings and not every day is our best or brightest and shiniest. Yeah. So, and what I find, you know, to be true, even about me is that on those tough days, you know, you just, you, it's so easy to get sucked into the negative story. So what's one way that on that tough day that we can still stand in our power of knowing that we have and are confident? Yeah. So again, just a loving reminder that confidence is when you trust yourself. So in those really hard days, maybe the best thing is to just say, I trust that I'm going to get through this. I'm tr- I, I trust that there is another side to this and I will get there. Um, I trust that the best thing for me today is to, you know, stay home and feel my feelings. I trust the like really um, connecting to 
the power of trusting yourself during the hard times. I would submit that that's where real lasting deep confidence is built anyway. It's easy to trust yourself when everything is going according to plan, when you're winning, when you're getting the results and all of that. It doesn't require much from us to trust ourselves in those moments. It's during those darker times, those tougher days. So, I mean, it could be as simple as the action step is to get out of bed and brush your teeth. The action step could be to call a supportive friend. The action step could be to write down three things that you're grateful for. Again, we have a tendency to think action must be big in order for it to count. Or like I used to be one of those people, <laughs> like if I, in order for a workout to count, I needed to be dripping sweat and blah, blah, blah. It took me a really long time to realize that it counted if I went for a 10 minute walk. It counted if I stretched, it was better than, you know, if I did something for five minutes, that's better than zero minutes. That's just math. Right. So, um, giving ourselves some grace is another confidence builder. So grace and action together is a a really nice one, two punch as it relates to building confidence. I love that. And I am a huge advocate of having grace and compassion for ourselves because, Life is hard as it is, you know, and we live in such a world where, you know, we live on autopilot and we're so easy to criticize ourselves. And, you know, one of the things that I always say is that we give so much grace to other people. And yet when it comes to ourselves, it doesn't even exist. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I always say, when you, when you realize that you're saying negative, mean things to yourself, ask yourself, would you say that to your best friend? Would you say that to your kid? Yeah. And the answer is always no. Always. Every time. Yep. And then we shouldn't be saying it to ourselves because we should first and foremost be somebody that we love. There is a meme out there that I love that says you spend the bulk of your life inside your own mind. You might as well make it a nice place to be. And that's <laughs> always resonated with me. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, and I love that you talk about grace as a confidence builder, because it's, it's, I think the hardest, I think it's one of the hardest ones that we have when we're living on autopilot. I find that when we become more conscious to our thoughts and realize the power of them, it does become a little bit easier. And you know, it's not just about berating yourself for thinking it, it's acknowledging, oh, wait, here I go again. And then realizing that you have the power to shift in any given moment, you have the power to shift back into creating confidence for yourself. So what's one other confidence builder that you can share with our audience today before we have our conversation? I'll give you the five because we've already talked about most of them. So action builds confidence, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, failure. And, and, and I use that as kind of a loose term, but it has a big charge. I could mean fear, doubt, making mistakes, you know, pain, loss, any of those things. I know they're not enjoyable when we're going through them, but they absolutely serve to build really big lasting confidence. If you choose it, if you let right. it, uh, giving yourself grace on the journey is the third confidence builder. The fourth one is choosing confidence. And I know that sounds a little oversimplified, but so many of us have it in our minds that confidence is a feeling. 
that we either have or we don't, or it arrives or it doesn't, or we're born with it or we weren't. And I want to be very clear that confidence is a choice we get to make anytime we want. And it is the feeling catches up eventually. So it's not fake it till you make it. It's choose it until you become it, right? You just choose to trust yourself over and over and over again until the feeling catches up. And we as women do this at a far greater rate than um, we give ourselves credit for. Uh, if you think about sometimes the worst days that we have, and then we have to go interact with our kids, what do we do? We somehow pull it together. We somehow show up as our best selves in those moments. That's an example of choosing confidence. Now, in that case, we might be doing it for someone else. So a loving reminder that you can do it for yourself too. And then finally, uh, the fifth confidence builder is uh, building internally. It's all the internal things that you can be doing to build trust in yourself. Um, and this is a very, very long list. Uh, I would invite you to think about how you build trust with the people in your life. How do they build trust with you? Turning that in on yourself is a great way to figure out how you would build trust with yourself the fastest because we're all wired a little bit differently. But a few examples that I can give here are keeping your commitments the ones you make to others, sure, but definitely the ones you make to yourself. We tend to not be as good there. Um, no, we put other, we'll, we'll cross a commitment off for ourselves just to please somebody else. So, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I used to do that all the time. Not, yeah. not anymore. And we're <laughs> damaging our own confidence anytime we do it. Yeah. Um, because we're basically saying to ourselves, our commitments to ourselves don't matter. We don't trust people who don't keep their commitments. And, and so it's this sort of vicious cycle. Yep. Um, also, we have a tendency to overcommit, which is problematic. Mm. Um, do we? Communicating boundaries, standing up for yourself, speaking your truth, being your own hype person. There are lots of things um, that, you know, speaking kindly to yourself. We don't trust people who gossip about us behind our back. Why would we trust ourselves when we say awful things about our ourselves. So, you know, just being careful that there are so many things that we can do that will either build or damage our internal trust. And, and once we become mindful about it, we can begin to make and practice different and better decisions as it relates to building that trust within ourselves. Yeah. Oh my God, Nicole, so many good nuggets. What's one last piece of information that you want to share, perhaps it's around like, what do you wish you knew before what you know now? Like, what would you tell your younger self? What's the biggest piece of advice? Yeah, I think the biggest piece of advice would be to tell myself that the only thing that was missing was the benefit of hindsight. Um, so, you know, when I haven't, I know that failure and fear and doubt and all those things build confidence, but I haven't figured out how to make it suck any less when I'm in it, right? It's still awful, still a horrible experience. But what I know now with the benefit of hindsight is all of those things served a purpose and all of those things made me better over time. All of those things that I thought were failures and mistakes and all of that. Now with the benefit of hindsight, I can look at them and see them as lessons, as gifts, as opportunities, as redirects. And so I wish I could go back and tell myself that. And that would be the, the message that I would share to anybody who's listening is if you're in a tough patch or during a tough time, 
I would invite you to lovingly remind yourself that the only thing that's missing from you right now is the benefit of hindsight. You don't yet know how, when, where this is going to work out, but you get to trust that it will. Yeah. I love that. Nicole, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your wisdom. I want to make sure that everybody also knows where they can find you and you have a very generous gift for our audience today, which will be in the show comments. Yeah. So my website, NicoleKhalil.com is probably the best place to find everything. If you go to the book section, if you order a copy of the book, Validation is for Parking, you can um, drop your information there and we'll send you a 40 plus page workbook companion. So it basically takes all the exercises and information from the book and gives you a place where you can reflect, get into action, um, you know, test and implement things. Uh, and we'll give you that for free. Amazing. Nicole, thank you so much for being here. I adore you and just really appreciate the work that you're doing. The feeling is mutual, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. And thank you for saying that. You guys, what an amazing episode today. I think Nicole and I could have talked for another hour. Um, I have so many questions around this. And, you know, as you guys know, my my biggest my biggest agenda for each one of these podcast episodes is to make sure that you guys are getting at least one nugget of information. In today's episode, you, I think, got probably 10 plus nuggets of information. I know I wrote some stuff down that just really resonated with me. And as you know, I love to hear your feedback on my podcast episode. So don't be a stranger. Email me at wendy at wendysterling.net. You can DM me on any of my social media platforms, specifically Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. And don't forget to hit subscribe because you don't want to miss a single episode that comes out. And I have an episode that comes out every single week. So thank you guys so much for being with us today. I wish you a beautiful rest of your day, sending you all so much love, light, and joy as always. Bye everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorced Women's Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to share this episode with someone you know or spread the word on social media. That is how I'm able to reach more divorcees around the world and provide them with the support that they need to create their next best life. And I would love to continue the conversation with you. So please friend me on Facebook, Join my private Facebook group, The Divorce Rehab with Wendy, and follow me on Instagram at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. I'll see you next time.